Sci-Fi on Trial. Sci-Fi on Trial. Sci-Fi on Trial. to sci-fi on trial let's go on an adventure In 1989, Indiana Jones went on his last crusade. Little did we know that on May 22nd, 2008, he would whip swing back into our lives in a film that would live forever in infamy. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull one of the most hated films in modern fandom. Here on Sci-Fi on Trial, we take a second look at science fiction films that were divisive upon their release and try to determine if they have been remembered fairly. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a sci-fi movie that never should have been a sci-fi movie. We thought we were going to ride off into the sunset on a wild horse. Instead, we were led into another dimension with aliens. Who saw that coming? But time has passed. The wounds have healed. Maybe, just maybe, this movie's not as bad as we thought. So let's take a second look. This episode features our brave panel of heroic adventurers and archaeologists digging deep into the annals of fandom to decide if this film has gotten a bum rap. This time, our panel includes Ryan Casey, Johnny Unicorn, Kayla Greet, and Natalie Holt. This episode also features interviews with David Tyler and Douglas Gale. And of course, the incredible music of the incomparable Jonathan Williams. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and I am thrilled to bring you part one of the trial of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Let's meet our panel. All right, we're ready. Hi. Oh. Do we just talk at normal speaking volume? Is that... Uh, I prefer if you yell everything at the top of your lungs. <laughs> Welcome to Sci-Fi on Trial! <laughs> We're going to talk about Indiana Jones! Yeah. They're, they're gonna turn, they're I, gonna I was told off. I wouldn't be mocked. <laughs> uh, I kind of really want to do that the whole time. Is that going to be a problem for anybody? The whole Maybe time? you. It might. might get a little out of breath. I love it. Yeah. I think it's cool. It sounds really cool in headphones to scream. I hope it, it probably you sounds awful. Your singing voice. Uh, you're right. Let's sing the theme song to Indiana Jones. You ready? Bump, butt it up. Bump, butt it up. Bump. I'll keep doing this, and someone else has to sing the theme song. I'm gonna Bump. get it mixed up. Butt it up. Back to the future. Bump. And butt it up. Bump. Butt it up. Bump. Butt it up. The quiet part I always mix mix up with Han and Leia's theme. It's very interesting. The show. That was really. 
It's literally a dream come true for me to just start an episode with singing the song. Every time I start a podcast, I try to get people to do that, and they always say no. Halo's totally right with me. High five. I just need to find my timing. I just wanted you, someone else to go first it was because you had it. Yeah, I was waiting to jump in, like yeah. you know, the jump rope swinging double like, dash, and I was like, okay, when do I do it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's introduce everybody. We have a little bit of a different panel this time. Uh, Baby Dan had a last-minute audition, so he couldn't make it. So good luck, Baby Dan. It's an important important audition. I'm very excited for him. I hope he gets it. Uh, and then Jenny got super sick today, so she couldn't make it. But we have a couple, couple of ringers that were able to come in. We have Natalie Holt. Hello. <laughs> Is that what I was supposed to do? That was it. You did Perfect. it. Very good. Uh, we have Kayla Greet. Hi, that's me. Yeah. So let's uh, let's learn a little about about each other. I can speak. L- let's learn a little bit about each other. Uh, Kayla, you want to start? Hi, I'm Kayla. Um, this is my first time on Sci-Fi on, on Trial. Obviously, new panel. Uh, I do a podcast called the Skillshot Pincast, where we talk about pinball at large in the Seattle area. Um, I'm a writer for two music magazines, and I like watching movies. Yay! Uh, Kayla, Kayla and I did a crossover podcast mm-hmm. on my other show, and got in this really heated uh, discussion—not like argumentative, right. but just like passionate discussion about TNG. So, <laughs> so Kayla became my like go-to nerd cred person. Yeah. Plus, we play pinball <laughs> together all the time, right. and you're awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Johnny Unicorn Hi. back, back on the show. Yeah, back on the saddle again. That should be a song. It is a song. It is a song. Yeah. We'll sing it. Whenever I leave town and come back, I say, back in Seattle again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tell us about yourself. I'm a musician and um, I do music. I go by the name of Johnny Unicorn. That's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you consider yourself a podcaster now? Because you've been on like a bunch of my shows now. I don't know. I'll do anything. I'll anything? Do anything someone asks me to do it if it's in my if I can fit it into my schedule. That is uh whether I know how to do it or not. <laughs> You'll admirable shot, and dangerous. And I appreciate <laughs> Uh Natalie, who are you? I'm Natalie. Uh this is my eleventh or twelfth time at Sci Fi on Trial, I think. <laughs> You've done always, more than always cut always cut on left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> it's all gold. Uh yeah, I'm a stand up comedian in Seattle and I also enjoy movies, and I also will do whatever anyone asks me to do. <laughs> so, uh, Natalie, we had a really heated discussion about Star Trek Voyager after a show one night. Oh yeah, and we did. Can you literally create it? I'm sure we could if we tried. But that was literally. I was like, ever since then, I was like, I'm going to get you on one of my podcasts. <laughs> That's how I audition people. Is I have like heated discussions with them about Star Trek somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ryan Casey is back. I don't think I ha- have. We had a. We've had discussions about uh, Enterprise. We've yes, talked, we've talked Enterprise. We have. We have. I was we sure trying have. to rewatch it. And I stopped. Oh, but it's so <laughs> good. I know. Oh, Actually, Dr. Okay. Sam Beckett in it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's that? Quantum Leap. Oh, Quantum Leap. Yeah. yeah. I do Scott like Bakula. it. He is, he is great. And I love him as a captain. He's like a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He is a golden retriever. He's such a golden retriever. I don't know what that means, but I agree. Uh, I have to say, Ryan, you're... you're that, that's like a dating term. Is that like a... I, yes, <laughs> like, like, I think it is. I'm not quite sure on the specifics, but it is. 
He's a seal. What, what was something, this? I don't know something what on Tinder, I guess. <laughs> He's like actor, golden retriever, golden retriever. <laughs> Swipe right. Oh man, uh, Ryan, you were you do this. You do this show called Flight Space Seven. Well, you do you do Radio LARP, which yeah, is like yeah. a and that's like done. a that's a show that's on that show because yeah. we do. <laughs> Let's say radio shows, so the different ones have different names, but yeah. it's all in one podcast where you can find them all. And Flight Space Seven is my favorite one. It's like a it's like a spoof of Next Generation or or like yeah. Red Dwarf, something like that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah just a f- fleet ship sort of space yes star trek yeah Yeah. but i love red dwarf too yeah and you're i love that show and you're so good in it that's why i wanted you on the podcast it's like i want oh thank you the guy who plays the captain on flight space seven we're trying to we're trying to we're writing a new a new a new chapter a new episode of uh yeah with uh with flight space seven with those characters so it'll be fun when it comes out when i finish it (laughs) (laughs) sometime in the future but yeah it's at radio larp it's on, yeah. like, iTunes and That's good uh, stuff. radiolarp.com if you want to like it. It stands for live-action radio play, right? Yeah. Okay. I've heard that before. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's fun. We do a superhero <laughs> one, and, and then we try to do a Wasteland one, and I don't know. I oh, will do another one of those, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for the sci-fi fans out there, definitely check out Flight Space 7. Yeah. That's the one I really like. Uh, so we're here to talk about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Which is super exciting. It was actually voted by people on Twitter to be the next sci-fi on trial. Uh, so for like what the 15 people that voted, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, it beat out Back to the Future 3 and Star Trek. Uh, what's it called? What's the one I don't like? In the Darkness. In the Darkness. Thank you. I but blocked nobody it. nobody wanted my suggestion of Robocop 3. Well, I didn't even put that. I'll put that on the list for the next yeah. vote because we haven't picked the next one yet. Uh, but yeah, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull definitely won the vote. Uh, people wanted to... To see this one taken apart, I it's think people. It's natural. It's another sort of huge trilogy that meant a lot. The character means a lot, and then they made a, a sequel, like well, kind of way later. Yeah, yeah. It's a very similar story to uh, to Phantom Menace, and I mean, also obviously because George Lucas. Yeah. I had not seen this movie since, until like four days ago, and I had no idea why you wanted to be on a sci-fi podcast. Yeah, it's like what? Why? Like Indiana Jones I, on a sci-fi podcast? I completely missed it for the last eight years. Like, wow. <laughs> And actually, when I found out that Jenny was sick today, the fact that you told me you watched it four days ago, I was like, oh, thank God, Jenny can, or not, Jenny, <laughs> Kayla can come yeah. on the show. I got her sick. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness she's she like fed her poison. Sorry, Jenny. Um, she'll hopefully be all right. Uh, <laughs> well, it certainly does, it crosses, it definitely crosses Indiana Jones as a, as a character and franchise, like, into sci-fi. Yeah. Like. Which is so yeah. unexpected. Yeah. It's it's like something I never would have thought would happen. Like, what was your, what was what was y'all like initial reaction to finding out that there were aliens in Indiana Jones? <laughs> Kayla, go first because this just happened to you like off. three, four days ago. You're pissed <laughs> off. That was awful. Yeah. Really? I mean, Tell us about it. After I realized that that was going, on, I was like, oh, they were in Area 51. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Like that's where the the first mummy was hidden. All that at the opening sequence, they go into yeah. Nevada. Right. And it's fi- Locker 51. They walk into. And it's the place from the end of uh, Raiders. Yeah. You which you find out now too. is like area 51 which mm-hmm. is you know kind of alluded to but never confirmed until now 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, there's these, these cool sculptures. Maybe I'm like still on that Mayan tip where like maybe the Mayans just like created these things that look like aliens and they're just like had a really good like public arts program or something. But <laughs> 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 then no, no, no they're, <laughs> they're real aliens and that's yeah. real not cool. It's not cool. What, no. What's not cool about it? It just it, it takes me to a place that I don't like of Indiana Jones. Hmm. I like the the rugged adventure with like little to no technology, just like hmm. actual practical things that like knowledge and the, and then whip skills that he needs. Yeah, and whip, whip skills are whip skills. important. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just imagine like a infomercial with Indiana Jones. Like, do you want to learn whip skills? And then cut to him like doing yes. like three or four whip things. Yeah. He's like, then call one eight hundred Indiana Jones. Oh, I do just, want that class. Can yeah. I take it? <laughs> they just cut out the part with like River Phoenix cutting its chin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Part. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> Uh, the snake car, and that's why yeah, you're scared of them. Snakes, dang yeah. snakes! <laughs> oh, that movie's so good. Uh, Natalie, what was your reaction to Aliens? So I think it's like a natural progression to go to because Indiana Jones was like these pulp novels of like the 30s, yeah, where a stock savage type character going out into like the wilderness, and like there's very mis- a lot of mysticism to it. But like 1957, when the movie set is when like Sputnik was launched, and it was like pulp had moved into science fiction, and aliens were a big thing like UFOs, all this kind of stuff. And so I think if he was going to have another adventure, like at 20 years later, what other kind of adventure could he have? But like a sci-fi pulp adventure. Yeah, totally. I agree. I do agree with that. Yeah, that it does make sense for the 50s because that was, it's so, uh, the Cold War and space. I think it didn't go far enough. I think they should, he should have gone into like, space. Into space. Like, Ooh. full. Yeah, like fully in this one. I want to see oh, yeah, like whip skills, John... whip skills in zero G. I want, yeah, I want to oh, no. see him fight those space, the moon Nazis from Iron Sky. John, ah. oh yeah, that's a great idea. John Carter should have just been Indiana Jones uh, instead, kind of going is. to Mars. But, it's, but that kind of but, yeah. is. Those are pulp. I never exactly. read any of the Doctor Strange, but those are always like around my grandmother's uh, house, like Doctor Strange books and stuff. But it it does it makes sense that he would eventually fight all kinds of weird <laughs> aliens or interdimensional beings or, or whatever you want or uh, yeah huh. we just hadn't seen this adventure yet yeah yeah, I agree John, maybe, um, maybe he'll cross paths with the guy from uh, uh, National Treasure <gasps> Nicholas Cage oh, like what a crossover that would make no here's what I want I, I, I agree with where is the movie that. with Nicholas Cage and Harrison Ford where is that movie because that should exist oh, no. I know what would it be called National Con- Jones's treasure? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I agree with what Natalie said about it being a natural <laughs> progression. Yeah. And also, I think that um, what is like the first movie said the religious stuff happening that was yeah. real. Yeah. And like that's that isn't how is that not sci-fi? How is how is like a real god not like a sci-fi thing? That's a like an alien, right? So <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's all sci-fi is what I'm saying. Interesting. Yeah, it's like, all sci-fi. Yeah. Would it have been classified as a fantasy or something? Really, probably science fiction is the best fit for all the Indiana Jones right. movies. I think there's hmm. just sort of hmm. a little bit of a stigma that comes with, like, the gray-skinned, big-eyed, big-head aliens. It kind of just mm-hmm. has been... It's been explored so much yeah. that it's not maybe fresh it's true. For, for... Well, to be fair, it's like, been explored by Spielberg really so much, like so he, it's his ballpark to play yeah. in, you know? That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. They just sort of look like E.T., 
I saw yeah. an interview though, or something around the time with Spielberg, where he was like, "Oh, I got the." He might have been trying to pass the blame. He's like, "Oh, I got the script," <laughs> and it said aliens, and I was like, "George, does it have to be aliens?" Yeah. And he's like, oh, "Okay, and it's interdimensional beings, but they look like aliens." He's like, "Oh, okay, fine, you know." But, yeah, uh, I've read I've read this one article. Like, there's this one article that came out after the movie, an interview with Steven Spielberg, where he said that. George always wanted the MacGuffin of the fourth movie to be aliens and that uh, Steven Spielberg never liked it and never agreed with it. But he trusts George Lucas. He trusts his best friend. Yeah. And George Lucas broke all the stories for all the other Indiana Jones movies. So when George tells him, like, we're going aliens, then Steven says, OK, I guess I guess you're right. I guess we're going aliens. Aww. Yeah. I like to think about their friendship. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of sweet. Trust me, Master <laughs> Star Wars. Man, so from from what I understand, like... So the swinging from the the ropes in Re- Revenge of the Sith when they're having that lightsaber battle, the moment that takes me completely out of that battle was Steven Spielberg's idea. So Steven Spielberg just wants everyone to be swinging from things and fighting things. Well, it looks movie. wicked oh, yeah. cool. It wouldn't oh, I hate it. I hate that. Um, <laughs> so I. <laughs> so this is I, so unrealistic. I want yeah. more riding animals. I like riding animal scenes. Yeah. I like in the Thunderdome when they're having bungee cords <laughs> and chainsaws. <laughs> That's what I want. So I, I have want. to say, uh, first time I saw Indiana Jones, or when, the first we time I saw Crystal Skull. Hero. <laughs> Oh, um, I was actually like kind of like super excited that aliens were in it, but I'm like not the right person to ask because I want to put aliens in everything. Like if I'm watching something yeah. and there are no aliens, I'm disappointed. So, so I'm, I'm hoping that the, the uh, like the Game of Thrones is going to turn into a, a aliens at some point. Totally. I like like a walk to remember. You're just like, where are the aliens? <laughs> I'm watching Ghost and I'm like, please tell me he's an alien. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, and I, I'm like really interested in, you know, like the Nazca lines and all of these like signs of alien visitation on our planet. And I'll, so, um, and there were some of those, those drawings too. Like, yeah, the, yeah. the Mayan stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like a lot of that. I mean, then uh, we were talking about crystal skulls right before we started recording and the fact that it is kind of, you know, made up, but, uh, I'm really interested in all this like Wait alien lore and the fact that I, I like, they put spoiler. everything in it. They put yeah, every they put everything in it. thing they could. The whole idea that maybe... Uh, That's why I like the gray alien. Thing. Like, maybe aliens came at some point in our history and taught us things and helped us advance as a society like from the archaeological standpoint i think that's actually like really cool and i think that they almost made it work in the movie i don't quite like how they pulled it off but the fact you know just the aliens themselves wasn't like the worst thing you know i just didn't quite like how they pulled it off remind me of dark crystal there is always this weird thing where it is always like the mayans or something it's never like the british had alien help yeah, but you know, oh, well, you know what I was thinking the about. British didn't build anything that cool. The Stonehenge. They built an empire. Are there any alien Stonehenge theories? They didn't there mention has to be. Stonehenge in the thing. They didn't. That's but I have to only say that, like two rocks on top of each other. That's not even anywhere close to a pyramid. I like to see you build Stonehenge. I couldn't. <laughs> but I'm saying I You're don't right. think pyramids it's like are cooler. They're way cooler. Uh, I was so I rewatched all three of the original movies right before rewatching Crystal Skull again, and I had this really cool like thought when I was watching it. The first three movies are all about 
Indiana Jones kind of being this champion for God in a way. In the first movie and the third movie, it's like the Western God. But in the second movie, it's remember like the old wise Indian man in the village who says like, you are sent by God to protect this village. Mm -hmm. So he's still like fighting for God in that movie. It's just a different God. And they even say in Crystal Skull, like... Like, that's not, like, Mutt says, that's not what God looks like. And Indy says, well, it depends on who your God is. Yeah. You know? oh, so yeah. he's still doing that in the fourth movie, but it's the gods this time are aliens. So I kind of, like, I don't know. The first time I was a little unsettled by the aliens, I'll be, I'll be kind of honest. Like, it, I was excited they were there, and I felt like the only reason I was okay with it was because I'm biased. Mm-hmm. But the more I watched it, the more I was like, wow, this is kind of like a similar thing just done through a different lens. But I think that most people on the internet kind of hate it. And I'm glad that Kayla's here to to stand up for those people. How how does Indiana Jones go back to like teaching though, after every adventure where like, is he just like, Oh, we think there might be a Holy grail, (laughs) (laughs) but like, does he fake it? How does he's passionate about, how does he not like let it all out? Be like, be like, Oh yeah. Like this is, this shit is real. All of it. It's all, I feel like, how do I go back to leasing apartments after podcasting? I'd have to make money, you know? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. He, that's where that's he's his... really at home, and that's where that's where the real work gets that's done. That's where the Clark Kent comes yeah. on. That's the yeah. research is done, so that when the adventure happens, he knows what's going on, and he knows when he found the name of the city, Akator, or whatever yeah. it is. He already knows the story because yeah, I mean, he's was, done yeah. the research. He's doing totally. this in, like, the 30s and to 50s, too, so, I mean, like, there wasn't, like, there was a whole lot. You can go to the internet those days, you know? Yeah. He's actually got to live it and like, you know, make yeah. sure he knows what he's talking about. My name is David Tyler. I'm a local Seattle comedian. My Twitter handle is at David underscore D underscore Tyler. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is like a classic Indiana Jones movie in that it's it's full of completely improbable fight scenes. Like everything has this cartoonish disregard for human life and like how like the body count is insane at every moment in this movie. Just the amount of people who are just grossly destroyed. Like there's that. There's like this scene 35, 45 minutes into the movie when the, he first meets Shia LaBeouf's character where they just start a fight in like this milkshake, like malt shop in like middle America. And like people had to have died. Like they just started by like smashing a bottle in someone's face. Like at least he's going to be facially disfigured for the rest of his life. And like, and then there's also this whole idea of it just, it has this like breakneck pace to it where like nothing is explained fully. It's just all about getting to the next thing where they either find something else out or they fight or something wacky happens. Like that's all that Indiana Jones has always been about. And I think it captured that in a really interesting way. I think that if you look at sort of the paranormal, the state of like the paranormal community and the differences, especially between the 30s and the 50s, like they, the reason that they chose the sort of biblical themes for one and three where they're dealing with the Nazis is because that's what the Nazis were doing. I mean, it's, it's to an exaggerated degree in the movies, but they were all over the world trying to find these artifacts, trying to prove that they were like somehow descended directly from the Israelites or something like that. Like, and then when you take that to the fifties, it'd be ridiculous to not have some inclusion of, of aliens. Cause that was like, that was the thing at the time of like supernatural paranormal kind of thing. Everyone was obsessed with aliens. And I think that that's, I don't think that the universe that they created in the first three movies precludes the existence of aliens, I guess. Hello, I'm uh, Douglas Gale. I'm someone that Jesse knows, and we talk about movies. I, I'm on Twitter at Douglas W. Fail. Uh, it's mostly me being drunk and remember that I have Twitter. And I have a podcast of my own uh, called Radio LARP, and we haven't put out an episode for four months. And you can find us at radiolarp.com. 
In general, I like the movie. I thought, I, I like, I think a lot of people having seen it the first time was like, ugh, I don't, I don't particularly care for this movie because it's not like the other, it's the worst. It's clearly the worst of all of the Indiana Jones movies. Watching it again, though, I, then I just thought like, oh, it's just, it's silly. It's really silly, stupid fun. Everything always works out. Any ridiculous plan that the hero has usually will succeed, you know, and everything relies on these intricate uh, levels of, of coincidences as far as, oh, you're going to jump off the cliff and there's a tree there to catch you and the truck's going to get lowered down into the water, you know, everything just miraculously works. And if you start to pull it apart, that's when I think you could find that you don't like the movie, you know. All of it is silly. It's just, it's nonsense. It's just an excuse to have Indiana Jones go on an adventure. I've talked to other people, and I think they have the same kind of thing where the idea of the, the aliens throws a lot of people out of what they had felt that world was before. But this time I was like, ah, who cares? You know, you have uh, magic Christian uh, stuff basically in the in the first and third movies. Uh, so why not? Why not have interdimensional aliens? Why can't you imagine that? Indiana Jones lives in a universe like like John Constantine or something like that, where it's this there's generally speaking this broad uh, layer on top of or underneath the real world that has supernatural things, uh, aliens, interdimensional interdimensional stuff, uh, magic and things like that. Why? Why can't all of those things exist in that one reality? Uh, the warehouse that the government has, I think, is one of those wonderful, iconic things from the first movie where they're dropping off the Ark of the Covenant into this warehouse. What's interesting about that is I've heard people describe it two different ways before any of the other movies came out, which is, oh, the government has like a warehouse full of magic shit and all these things that they just keep there, kind of like the Warehouse 13 uh, show on, on sci-fi. Or other people said, no, they're all decoys. They're just, they're hiding it in this warehouse amongst all of these boxes. So it would be harder to find the thing. But I find that to be a boring answer. Um, if they never did anything more with Indiana Jones, I think that would be an interesting discussion to have. Are there more than this or is this the only thing? Uh, now that the other movies have come out, I think it's fairly clear. No, there's all kinds of things. Indiana Jones gives us a small view into this world of the occult and magic and things like that being real. Um, something I didn't notice in the Crystal Skull the first time I saw it, the, the woman uh, that's the villain from um, Eastern Ukraine. General Captain something or another. Oh, is that Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Colonel Popcorn. Yeah, Colonel Slow Kalulu something. I don't know. Um, but she she has psychic powers. Um, I had to rewind it when I watched it this time because they there's a scene where they very clearly show her do something from a distance to cause that door at the warehouse to open up. She causes a short to happen. I mean, that's how I interpreted it. At first, I was like, oh, did somebody shoot that? And I went back and looked at it, and she just, you know, waves her hand, and then the thing shorts out. Um, just like I had thought originally when this is when her and Indy meet in the opening scene, which is a really good opening scene, by the way. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, she says something along the lines of, like, I can... Uh, read your mind or like you, we can get information from you and then she holds up her hands and they slow everything down and then Indiana Jones is, is doing like a scoffy skeptical face and then they, they hold it for a little bit and then she just lets it go and says you're a hard person to read and then he kind of laughs it off 
I legitimately now believe that she was trying to glean information through him, from him, through paranormal means, and that she can do that, that she has that ability. So I like that. I, I think that's an interesting, I think that makes the Indiana Jones universe much more interesting. Before we get deeper into the discussion, I want to get everyone's backstory with Indiana Jones. I want to get a sense for where everyone comes from as far as like how deep into the Indiana Jones franchise you are. Ryan, let's start with you. I even liked the TV show, The Young Indiana Jones. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've tried to go back and I watched a few of them on DVD. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I love I love those movies. You've been I, watching them since you're a kid. I used to want to be an archaeologist. I really? To, yeah, I used to want to be like an Egypt. I think Egyptologist. Yeah, yeah. Nah, because of Indiana Jones, but that's not. You don't really have. I don't think you really have adventures. I think it's also you have to go to college. A lot of yeah. <laughs> Mostly paperwork, probably. Yeah. Well, that's where the, that is where the real work is done. But uh, I, I I never. I never saw that dream through, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I had another dream about talking into microphones, and, and I'm looking. I'm You're doing it. That. I'm doing You're that. You're living your living, dream. Living the dream. You had a dream. <laughs> Natalie, what about you? Uh, I also used to watch the Young Indiana Jones movies, yeah. and I have good memories of like watching the trilogy with my cousins and stuff. I feel like they were some of the VHS we had around, so we'd I watched them pretty frequently. And I, uh, I had a different thing. I didn't want to be an archaeologist. I wanted to just have the adventures. I wanted to be like the fun part of Indiana Jones and not do any of the work. <laughs> Wait, you wanted to be short round? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to be. I would have been. Sh- I would have been happy being short round. I just wanted to be. I want to be Indiana Jones, but not have to go to like school <laughs> yeah. or like work at a school or <laughs> Mutt Williams, I guess. Yeah, totally. Just be like, call me up on the phone, and we'll go on an adventure. Yeah, totally. and I'll do something cool with this whip. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be Indiana Jones' companion, like Doctor Who style. Where yeah. you don't have to have qualifications. Yeah, like, okay, we're going on the adventure. I'm not going to die, right? This is yeah. fun. It's a, like, if it gets yeah. serious, you'll save me, right? <laughs> yeah. It seems exciting. It's yeah, just but it'll a, get real it's serious. A, it's a big, dangerous puzzle, and you get a little prize at the end. Yeah. And then that's the artifact. <laughs> There's always a thing that happens in these movies that does not look fun. And, and, it's, and it's like when you're, like, clinging to the edge of a cliff or, you know, something's about to kill you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look fun at all. I wouldn't yeah. want to go on any of these adventures. That's true. I wouldn't want to be covered with fiery sewer rats. I wouldn't want to fall really part. fast. I always get better or uh, you die. You know, yeah. two options: get better or die. So. I guess I was assuming I'd be the person like helping you. I'd be like, oh, let me pull you up off that cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I would let myself get in that sticky situation. <laughs> Kayla, what about you? Did you grow up with Indiana Jones? Yeah, I mean, I watched them all when I was a kid. Probably sick days and things like that. Yeah. Um, Never, as a kid, realized that we were fighting Nazis in those movies, though. <laughs> like, I know, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, the big bad men, you know, that get melted. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I had the same experience where, like, I got older and I was like, oh, those are Nazis. Right, yeah. I know I what Nazis are now. And it makes so much more sense with, like, you know, the faction of Nazis that were trying to grab all the artifacts and, like, famous paintings of the world and, like, make this horde, make the uh, Aryan race, like, the supreme race because they had all the best stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting, like microphones and like microphone technology, recording technology, so many things we take for granted now, we're all kind of either invented or perfected by the Nazis. Like microphone technology has barely changed since like the 40s Uh, because they like, I mean, there was like crazy scientists working for Hitler trying to make like the best stuff possible so that Hitler could take over the world. It's It's hard to take over the world and you need the best (laughs) stuff possible. If 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 you're an orator, your best tool is a microphone. Mm. So if you have, it's true. If you have the whole country behind you, amplify working, your message. 
John, you should write a deep thoughts book. I would totally, <laughs> totally buy it. Well, when I was taking notes today, I was noticing how close uh, Arian and Mayan look when you write them out next to each oh. other. <laughs> Wait, you just watched this today? No, I watched it on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah, a couple of days ago. John, what's your indie history? Uh, I've watched them a handful of times. I've just throughout my childhood, every once in a while, one would be on. I watched Temple of Doom the least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's everyone's favorite? Oh, good question. Raiders. I, I really liked it, though, when I watched it. But then watching this again, it made me, makes me want to watch the old ones again. Yeah. I, uh, I boring. That's a boring story, but <laughs> um, is. I got like super into star Wars and then I got into Indiana Jones after that. Like I was in the height of my star Wars fervor when I was like, well, there's Harrison Ford. I got to watch these two. I wasn't allowed to watch like violent movies. And my parents kind of shielded me from more violent stuff when I was a kid. So they held me back from Indiana Jones until like several years after most of my friends had seen it. But um, I watched it and I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Like, I, I love them so much. And I'm actually really strange. I, I think they get better and better as they go. Like, for the first three, I think. Like, I like Raiders, but I feel like Raiders, they kind of made the mold for this type of movie. And it's, I mean, I don't feel like it holds up quite as well as the others. I know this is like blasphemy, but I I think Temple of Doom is better than Raiders. I really do. I think Temple of Doom is one of the most, like, well-paced, most fun exciting action movies I've ever seen. Like, sure, it's insanely racist. And, like, it's incredible. Like, we sets back... every movie, don't we? It sets back, like, the like the goals That's... of feminism by, like, like <laughs> decades. But, like, the pacing is incredible. I mean, it's paced as fast as a lot of, like, modern action movies would be. Uh, and then I think Last Crusade is just, like, a shining achievement of cinema. I mean, for, for a long time, Last Crusade... Well, for for a long time, Last Crusade has been in my top like two or top three favorite movies, like uh, being John Malkovich, Last Crusade, Empire Strikes Back. Because I like, am really really high. <laughs> it's very and, uh, good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Love it's just Last so Crusade. fucking good. I yeah. mean, yeah, so incredibly good. So I was, I was, you know, scared to see a new one because like Phantom Menace had kind of made me sad. How could but, you top Sean Connery? Right. Yeah, but I I have to say I wasn't I was never like insanely disappointed by Crystal Skull like a lot of people were like a lot of people just really hated it and I was like yeah I mean I didn't it wasn't like the as good as uh, Last Crusade or Temple of Doom but I still I mean there's fun stuff I liked it that's kind of why I never saw it because like, hearing that it was bad it's like when someone's like oh tasteless it's disgusting yeah it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that yeah. <laughs> yeah Ryan what about you I think I waited to watch it yeah uh, or my favorite's The Last Crusade for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I think I had heard you know heard it was bad or heard it was gonna be bad and didn't watch it right away. I think I watched it like you know like on, on TV later and I was like, hey, I can see why people don't like it. It's still f- fun. It's still got Indiana Jones. He's doing Indiana Jones things. I can appreciate that. I appreciate it, but um, it is very <laughs> is very silly and. Yeah. Um, they really use that crystal skull to get through a lot of that. I know. I hate that. <laughs> That's it's like, what... oh my god! <laughs> Answer coming. Use the crystal skull. Have you tried? Aboriginal people are coming. <laughs> use the crystal Waving. skull. Oh no! And they react just like the poor ants do. <laughs> oh. They're all, everyone's scared of that crystal skull, basically. Yeah. yeah. And like when they wave it, like a 
garage door opener and it just kind of like undoes the latches yeah. of the last have you tried waving the crook it's a jedi it's, it's, it's like, like it's like one of those hotel keys you just, you just hold it up to it that was That's, impressive technology yeah. in the 50s yeah i mean it's always something <laughs> stupid he always finds like a button to get into a temple it's like it's not any stupider than like a or button like a made trap, of a rock yeah. or that's like the eye of an eagle you know so yeah it's Love the sound but yes, I want him. I I prefer my temples to be more ropes and pulleys. Yeah, and, uh, it's and, like a it's like a master key to the entire planet. Yeah, but he's yeah. getting older, so maybe they just were just like, let's make it a little easier. I did like the one seesaw rock they had. I to love get the seesaw rock. That was pretty cool. Yeah, we should have a outline of the whole plot. I should have written that down <laughs> and go through moment by moment and talk about. <laughs> Natalie, what's your favorite indie movie? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's... Like you said, it is kind of the template, but I still think it's the best. And I think Crystal Skull is the most direct, like, sequel to it. Interesting. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, it's got, like... I mean, even, like, having the same characters and the same, mm-hmm. like... I feel like the revelation at the end is, ba- is, like... I feel like the... Like, I feel like the endings of the other two aren't as big mm-hmm. as the endings to those two. Like, as far as how it impacts the way you would view the universe or whatever, mm, you know? Totally. That's yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I probably with Raiders, I think I also, Marion had a big part in why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Kind of like star Wars where it was like, Oh, like princess Leia is like, like, Oh, she's doing a cool thing. I only ever get to see boys do. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're a kid, it's like pretty cool. So, yeah. Totally. And she taught her son to sword fight, right? Her Repose. Sword... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite, John? Um, that would be Last Crusade, just because I I like it. I like the actors. Yeah, <laughs> they're really good in that together, Sean Connery and Harrison oh, Ford. I just like, like the, the wisecracks. It has really good wisecracks all through the movie. That's totally. good. It is and, good wisecracks. Um, yeah, yeah. No, like really annoying people. So that's. Are you talking about short round? Just anybody yelling a lot through mm. a movie, you know. I fucking love like short go- round. Like in Goonies, so all <laughs> yeah. the kids yell. I I, ha- I do struggle with Goonies yeah. because it's so much yelling. I do know what you're talking about for sure. Like when <laughs> like Goonies, <laughs> Goonies will sometimes like I'll get a headache because there's so much yelling. Well, they're children acting. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to watch. Uh, this is wait, but Twelve Monkeys. I watched again with uh, with with Bettina, and uh, there's nothing but Bruce Willis shouting and yeah. Brad Pitt shouting for like well, sometimes two he mumbles. hours. He's either sometimes mumbling. He mumbles and and then he's sh- he drooling or then he shouts <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, yeah Bettina was just like this is the loudest movie and it's not like there's not a lot of action going on it's literally just men screaming uh-huh. it's like the Republican debate Kayla <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite oh I think yeah Raiders just it was the first one I saw it was like had struck a nerve with me and just it was a cool adventure to be on like yeah. I was thinking that I think when I right around when I saw it, like Legends of the Hidden Temple, that Nickelodeon game show was on too. Yeah. So it was all about like searching through temples and like, you know, winning prizes because I answered a question right and be like, oh, I read that in a book. I'm good. At you know, yeah. like it just it made me want to learn things and get more into science. And that's right around when I was like reading Michael Crichton books too mm-hmm. in like sixth grade. I so, love Michael Crichton books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, it made me like like mythology. I think it made me mm-hmm. like read like Greek mythology in fifth grade. I was like, I'm gonna read all these Greek mythology books, and then I'm gonna know, <laughs> I'm gonna know, I'm gonna know which gods not to fool with when I'm mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Gozer, <laughs> don't fool with Gozer. Don't mess with Gozer. There, there is something really special about like an adventure movie goddess. about like a, an academic. You know, yeah. like the fact that the fact that he's a teacher shocked me the first time right. I saw it. That's why I like Ghostbusters so much. Because mm. they're a bunch of people from a school. Yeah. Yeah. And also because Ghostbusters is awesome. Uh, Indiana Jones is like one of the first movies I remember watching, like uh, like adult movies, like uh, something that wasn't made specifically for children. It was like the first it was the first like PG-13 movie I got to watch. And like it was this thing that I always shared with my dad because like my dad is a film buff so long as the film is quickly paced, so long as there isn't any there isn't too much like subtext to deal with so much as it's just like bad guys, good guys, let's fight. Like he he's a sucker for it and I'm I, I'm exactly the same way. Um, so that was so I, I must have been like nine or ten when I first watched that movie. And then uh, so I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark probably 10 or 20 times before I realized that there were sequels to them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so then so then I, I remember we, we got like the complete box set VHS thing and then my dad essentially told me like, uh, don't even bother with Temple of Doom. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch Temple of Doom until like two or three years ago and I'm I'm completely on board. I think if there's, I think if there's an Indiana Jones movie that needs to be on trial, it's fucking Temple of Doom. I think that movie, I think that movie did more to ruin the legacy of Indiana Jones than anything else. I think that it's, I mean, I mean, looking back on it with like more of a, you know, classic Seattle white liberal like perspective, it's like the most grossly racist movie of the four. <laughs> like, just you know, both in terms of extent and like and, like, number of groups that they decided to just, like, completely shit on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, in terms of... In t- if, I had to, if I had to stack rank them, I, I messaged you this earlier, but it's, it's certainly Raiders of the Lost Ark. Last Crusade is a close second. I love Sean Connery messing around with, with uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Then, like, way, way, way down Temple of Doom. If they made a fifth... Uh, Indiana Jones movie and it was two hours of a white screen I would still put that above Temple of oh, Doom yeah. I hate that movie really <laughs> yeah I, I think that I think that there's barely anything redeeming about it except for the scene where they pull the still beating heart out of it that it's cool like it's <laughs> like that's just a cool thing that happened and it's you know you can't you can't get too down on that for me, the, the the order of them is one, three, two, and four. If I'm ranking them, because uh, I didn't I didn't like Temple of Doom, I re- and I still don't. Uh, Crystal Skull now, after this viewing, might be a close contender. Like it could claim third spot. I know earlier I just said it was the worst one. Now I have to watch Temple of Doom again and decide. <laughs> I saw the first one in the theater when it uh, first came out, um, and I remember being terrified of the melting faces, and me and my friend literally ran home from the theater in the rain, just like, ah, it's not real, it's just a movie, it's just a movie, so it was definitely frightening, Um, and I really liked it, and I've watched it again since then. I think it's the opposite for me of the first one, where when I watch it as an adult now, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's hokey as shit. It's not, it doesn't have the same fondness I had for it when I was younger. Penitent. 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 
penitent. That's probably like a um, a drum a drumming mnemonic. I am paradiddle. <laughs> penitent man. I am penitent the last man. dragon. <laughs> That's a green machine. <laughs> That's like a. Yeah. All right. So I have Junior. to tell you. Oh my God! Can you do a Sean Connery? Don't blasphemy, Junior. <laughs> Welcome to the rock. Oh. Ryan's is better. You're named after the dog. <laughs> wow. That is uncanny. So I love and that then movie. his son's name is Mutt. What? So I made a spreadsheet today because I'm a huge fucking nerd. I made a spreadsheet where I gathered the scores from some critics reviews and fan reviews to kind of get a better idea of how the movie is remembered. Uh, so I got the fan consensus from Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic, where just like anyone can log in and vote. Yeah. And then I got the critical reception from Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic as well. It's the fan consensus that I'm really interested in. You know, it's like how a movie lands in pop culture when it comes out that really interests me. Because like critical reception kind of baffles me sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like this is a really good example actually, because the fan consensus for Crystal Skull from those three places was 56 out of 100, which is pretty low. You know, it's definitely lower than Phantom Menace. But the, the critical reception was 72 out of 100 on average. Yeah. Which is way higher. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. And when you look at the, let's look at the originals, Raiders is pretty even, like fans and critics, 90, 93%, pretty even. Temple of Doom, uh, the fans are 79%, critics are 71%. But the critic, the critical reaction that I looked at, Rotten Tomatoes is 85%, Metacritic is 57 So it's just way different, uh, which was really bizarre. Uh, and then Last Crusade was 87% for fans and 77% for critics. And again, it was really wide, like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and 65 on Metacritic. So the the fan consensus was pretty even and got me like a good average, but the critical reactions were just like way all over the place for Indiana Jones, yeah. which is interesting. Well, they're definitely like, it's like Star Wars. They're, they're yeah. fan movies. It's, it's uh, you know, but they're, I would, I'm not surprised that Raiders is the one that critics like the most and also I'm not surprised that the critics like the crystal skull more than people liked it i mm. think yeah harrison Cause... ford's a lot older now he's got a lot more friends in hollywood mm. <laughs> interesting that's true Whoa. yeah i wonder if that has i mean that's probably has a lot to do well, with it right he's a household name at that point yeah, so, i mean steven spielberg he's, i guess he was authority when he was doing indiana jones but he's been acting in a lot more movies since then yeah so. totally yeah like if a friend of mine does something uh, You're more inclined to like it. Exactly. Yeah. Just because I know the person. If I do something, I'm more inclined to like it because <laughs> it's me, you know? Like, people definitely have their bias. Mm -hmm. But I think the same is true of fan consensus. There's yeah. also a brand new generation of people that are voting on that. Yeah. You know, like, there's the whole millennials are the first ones to see. That's the first Indiana Jones to see. So... Like you're adding in the all the fans from the 80s. So like two decades of fans, new ones coming in too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the the reaction for Crystal Skull was like really like violently negative and in a way that surprised me. Well, South Park did that whole episode. Right. It kind of culminated in the South like, Park episode. Geez. Yeah. Like, it was just a movie. Yeah, with like you George Lucas nerds. and Steven Spielberg like <laughs> bend over Indiana Jones and rape him and yeah. it was like yeah. Very violent. I don't like that episode. No, <laughs> I don't like the the sound of that at all. Yeah, yeah that's not. It was dark. Ugh. But fans come in with an emotional component that I also think critics it's, don't. Right? Like, yeah. 
I really mm-hmm. think the aliens spoil it for a lot of people. I, I agree. Think, in a yeah. way where it's just well, every other time it's it's something that like we've kind of like never really heard of. You know, like like I mean, we know what the Ark is, but the the fact that it's supposed to be there, and I'm like, and like these weird stones, and uh, and we know the Holy Grail, obviously, but there's not like movie show like uh, X Files and T-shirts and like uh, and sh- just schlocky merchandise that's been sold to us over and over again with aliens on it, like and bad like black lit felt posters. <laughs> You know, and that kind of thing where people like like aliens too much. And it's kind of a thing that we think of inherently as kind of goofy. Sometimes I know you like aliens, but there is a component of it that people think, oh, it's kind of silly. And people who think that they've been abducted or think that they see UFOs, it's like we believe it. uh, It's fun to believe in. But also people, a lot of people think it's but it's silly but it's fundamentally no different from uh, like gods believing in right right. yeah Mm. Yeah. our culture definitely definitely differentiates between the two I mean there's the whole idea that like if you believe in religion you have faith and that makes you honorable if you believe in aliens you're crazy you know and you're a crackpot well I think that religion's goofy too there's a religious fear of science as well totally yeah religions that don't let their uh, loved ones get operated on or go to the doctor Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But the whole Indiana Jones thing is all about reasoning through yeah. to find the truth of, in the in that case, a god. Yeah, I mean, Indiana right. Jones in a lot of ways is about like finding, like skeptically kind of going into this environment where you uncover magic. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, like, I mean, it's like very magical movies, like. I mean, you reach into someone's chest and pull their heart out and they're still yeah. alive. That is not scientific. <laughs> I heard that he, uh, Spielberg wrote that about his ex-wife. Or I think George mm-hmm. Lucas actually, that, yeah. Yeah, they both went through divorce, nasty so. breakups when yeah. they made Temple oh, of Doom. Oh. And they both regret how dark that movie is. And they both say that it was kind of a, it's like a, Phil Collins a reaction. Film. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it so much. My heart keeps getting ripped out and that movie speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it makes the crystal skulls make sense as something that's an actual artifact right. like, from history that had yeah. a mysterious background. Well, let's talk about that because you guys did some research yeah. on that, which is like well, the, the greatest thing. I think that's, that's why I was so disappointing because I was on, for the last eight years, I was under this influence that like, oh, we might actually see Mayan temples and go to the like see crystal skulls. And, you know, there were 13 of them made. It was supposed to like stop any apocalypse um there's nine clear ones that represented uh all races of humans and then four colored ones that represented animals who crawl walk slither and fly so like there's actually this you know kind of dogma built out of this crystal skull thing and i listened to a podcast like two years ago about crystal skulls it's just stuff you should know podcast i listen to it all the time and that was their topic and i was like oh chris you know crystal skulls are pretty cool and I went into the whole history, and they're they're kind of bunk with like the the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, like yeah. never ha- you know. Oh, I just happened to find this on a temple in like the twenties. But he but yeah. he made that, or he um, had it made. Yeah, no, that, it's it a, the daughter that found it's it. It's a yeah, it was a, cl- a classic like sort of flim flam thing where he's like. <laughs> My daughter found this. We were on a, a some sort of. Uh, expedition because people would just do that back in the time of adventuring i guess and uh and we found it in some temple yeah. and uh and and they would k- take it around and it's a very Indiana like, jones thing <laughs> they would essentially sell tickets to it wow yeah and then there was another one that was in the british museum that actually was just left on the doorstep 
of the British Museum with like a note <laughs> like a that baby said in like, a basket. Like, hey, look at this crystal skull. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Probably want to put that in your museum. It your belongs British in museum. a museum. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, yes. And it was in there for years and years. Really? Yeah. And until I watched, I watched a, a, a like a History Channel thing on it. But then they went back to like analyze it, like, and it's it's really just made. By just really fine jeweler's tools that mm-hmm. make it seem seamless or whatever that no they couldn't tell back then. Made this, and uh-huh. so they think it was made by some French jeweler at some point. He made several of them, and that the guy just bought it and was like, "I found it," because <laughs> crazy because it doesn't because who cares if it doesn't have a good story behind it? And it was actually in a museum <laughs> forever uh, in the British Museum. So at the time that. In 1957, at the time this movie is supposed to be set, they didn't know at that point that it was a flim-flam thing. Yeah, and it was still probably in the museum, the British Museum, one of them was. Because Indy talks about, I mean, like... Yeah. He talks about the real thing. Yeah, yeah, he talks about, like, mutts, like, Hodgkins, Hodgkins, and it's like Hedges. Yeah, they talk about Mitchell Hedges in that. Yeah. And Indy doesn't know that it's not real. But well, the, it's not a guy named Mitchell Hedges. It's a combined name, Mitchell Hedges. Oh, it was Annie Mitchell Hedges. Like Hedges, I think Hedges. That, like the daughter found it. So is that it, are Johnson and Johnson two people, or is that <laughs> one Johnson and Johnson? <laughs> but she—that's what she did for her whole Johnson, life. Johnson, she just Johnson. took this crystal yeah. skull around. And she was like, when I was a kid, I found it in this wow. temple, and my dad wow. gave it to me, and basically would like have it with her in a hotel room, and like. Probably the probably equivalent of probably the equivalent of going to sci-fi conventions with it, being wow. like charging tickets to touch at the crystal skull or look at it or whatever. And, I, uh, I, actually, yeah. I actually heard that uh, the people who made the crystal skull sued uh, the production of of oh, this really? movie because like you stole our design, you know. Isn't that crazy? Wait, 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 wait. No, the the one in the movie is way different than all the crystal skulls. Really? Yeah. The crystal skulls in real are like human. They're not aliens. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not at all. That's why it was so bummer for me. Like, yeah, oh, they're, cool. they're there's just a human with like a. But the NASA Indians really did find their heads. That part was Which is, that part's really cool. Yeah. Okay. But the original one was found in Belize and it's meant to be Mayan, and they go to Peru, and this so it's like a little bit further south. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I am like really fascinated by the idea of finding artifacts that we can't explain that might be extraterrestrial in origin. I think that like in a movie about archaeology set against the Cold War during the height of like yeah. you know Area 51 and all like that kind of fervor, that that is actually like a cool idea. It totally you know? fits, yeah. and I think it yeah, and it does work as an Indiana Jones movie. But it, there's something about the aliens that I think makes it disappointing for you know a what, lot of people. You know what it I wonder seems- about. And that is Silly. like because George Lucas and Steven Spielberg have made some of the biggest alien movies ever when they do aliens with Indiana Jones, which is the one thing they ever did that was just strictly not aliens. Right. It's almost like, oh, there they go again. Yeah, it's, they got to put aliens in everything. Yeah. Those These two. two. <laughs> These two guys. We're going to find out Jaws. Is, there's an alien inside Jaws. Yeah. yeah. I would see that. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Jaws in space. Well, they're Ghost gray. Shark. And they got kind of the dead scary eyes the sharks oh, do. Oh, dang. So maybe they're kind of like sea aliens. Maybe they're proto-aliens, yeah. Yeah, proto-aliens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I they don't have hair. You... They're gray. <laughs> 
I feel like stepping back, it's not any goofier than like anything else that happens, right? Like it's if you look at it, it's silly. Like like oh, we just we built this puzzle where you have to spell out God's name and that's true. <laughs> yeah, make sure you No, that stuff. I'm like that's 100 percent not true. Like aliens, maybe. Okay, you know? yeah, so, like, totally. The whole thing with the crystal skulls, with they were made all by one French jeweler, and then everyone bought them. But then it's not cool to just have bought a crystal skull if it doesn't have a cool story where you found it in a temple and it's not worth squat. Yeah. I admire the people who are just like, I'm just going to make it up and see how it goes. Like, yeah. like the guy like sewed like a fish to a monkey and was like, I found a mermaid. That's how you do it. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> just like, that was real. He did it. And he just like brought it around. And he was like, look, it's a mermaid. And people were like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I love Shia LaBeouf. I gotta say, like, I, love I saw him first in Holes, and I was like, I am in Holes love with this man. Holes is a great movie. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Spoiler and I, alert, he taught that kid to read. <laughs> I, uh, really touching. I read the book first, and I saw the movie, I was like, this is awesome, and Shia LaBeouf is the best. And then when I, when I saw him in Indiana Jones, I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love Shia LaBeouf. He's I'm very so happy to see him here. Yeah. Where's LaBeouf, is what I say in movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he's kind of, I don't know, he's doing weird stuff he now. He's in a music video that was making fun of him. I know, and that was amazing. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf, like yeah. that. That was incredible. Did you guys see that? No, I did. Yeah, oh, so I'm good. very That's aware of uh, Shia LaBeouf. He's very excited for everyone to get Glad out there and do LaBeoufanato. Get out there and do what they want to do. That was such a good one. In the video, he just get do it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing now? Go and do it now. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, thank you, Shia LaBeouf. That's going to get me through at least half of the day. This <laughs> <laughs> is what my morning needed. I mostly. That's why you have a lunch break. He's good in this. I like the character. I do, know? too. I do, too. He loves playing with that knife and love combing his dang greaser oh, hair. I love that he's a greaser. He's like, like Rebel Without a Cause, like, yeah. whole personality. It's just so oh, it's silly. So, like, stereotypical 50s. Like, yeah. just went that whole game and looked at the nuclear family, the soda yeah. jerk bars. And, like, Everything looks... Uh, it was like, was I watching Back to the Future? Fuzzy a little <laughs> soft and, like, very colorful. Mm-hmm. Like the green on the uh, the Soviets, so, uh, all the army guys, mm-hmm. really pops out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they have that fight with dang greasers in a in a, in a sock hop or whatever <laughs> in a soda shop. Yeah. Sock jocks. Yeah. yeah, it was it was cool. And those yeah. those um those monkeys were were um they had the monkeys they, they were had greasers. A, they had like they had greaser looks. <laughs> That scene is terrible, kills me. right? I hate well, you it. hate swinging things, and you hate CGI sometimes. I, that's the one. That's the scene where I'm just like, nope, nope, can't handle this. Can I'm like start- not into this. Honestly, some of the dialogue that they gave to Shia LaBeouf was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, just it seemed a little out of place with how little other like American period stuff they did. Like sort of that like that greaser jock dynamic that plays out really only for like one scene in that malt shop, but like never again. And it seems like they gave him that entire characterization just so that scene would work. And like that doesn't I don't know. I don't I don't feel like Indiana Jones had some kind of like thirties rebel vibe to him. Like there was nothing about his character that was specific to the thirties. He was a little bit more timeless. And the fact that they chose to like anchor the Mutt Williams character into like this very particular thing of like, you know, circa 1955, like Greece era stuff. Well, let's jump into question one. Uh, 
which is kind of leading with what we're talking about right now. Question one is, is this a garbage movie? And I feel like we've kind of established that a lot of us here enjoy parts of this movie. So I'm going to give us this chance to talk about the things in this movie that we think are garbage. Because there are some things in this movie that, that are really quite awful. That I am... Yeah, reek. Yeah, I mean, and, and I like, I told you guys, I like like 70% of this movie, but there are some things in that 30% that are so bad that really surprise me with how bad they are. Uh, and I gotta say... It's CGI. It's CGI, yeah. It's the CGI, it's the fucking fridge, nuke the fridge. I kind of like that scene. You like that, that scene? Yeah. yeah. It was just a weird kind of situation being, it's like, oh, it's Nevada, like really set the scenes, like there's all these like classical 50s families like Indiana Jones is like I really actually need help I'm gonna go ask for it and they're all fake plastic models and it was just like an interesting scene that I never like a backdrop that I never saw him in before yeah and you remember we were watching that the other week and it was creeping us out yeah we were so creeped was out the models and all that yeah, yeah. John and, and Jane and I watched fire. it together and yeah. we were all like really upset like, by that scene I thought it raised the stakes a lot interesting yeah it was neat because like when they try to first get in there like we can't we're weapons testing this this weekend and like it just helps like set the tone and set the scene for everything too oh i love it because i've just been playing a lot of fallout really <laughs> and i really just love anytime anything look a lot like post-apocalyptic <laughs> so when i was like yeah. here comes 50s homes and a, there's a nuclear bomb going off and i'm right back in the wasteland where i really want to be most of the time <laughs> wow playing that fallout game but uh yeah it, it, it <laughs> you got the rift yet you got the oculus rift don't even tell me. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, the uh, it's like a VR headset. Yeah. No, I don't have. I don't have the money for that. Or do I? <laughs> How much is it? I don't know. Uh, I I don't mind the. <laughs> it's it's pretty extreme. It's like the most. The ex well, all right. So he did survive. Everyone gets melted when that arc opens. So that's kind of like a small nuclear device. He, he survives that by just closing his eyes, yeah. which is. <laughs> If you could just do that, if you, I want, he, he should shouldn't have tried, tried that. that for this. Just close your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. But it's a smart thing to do. It's a MacGyver move. What am I doing? You're, yeah. you know, you can't really duck and cover. He knows that doesn't work. He's seen the yeah. PSAs. He knows it's, it's just he's been mostly, to Area 51. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's where going he is in right the there. fridge. There is a chance that you survive, but it like flies so so far yeah. yeah like it'd be one thing if he just kind of survived but it like flies like a mile and then it lands and rolls and he kind of just rolls out <laughs> of it shakes like it off have a like, bone uh, or two. Yeah. no yeah. he would be a liquid, he'd be liquid jelly yeah. yeah he'd be pulverized yeah. by the fall i mean in the other movies if he got in a fight later he would be like hurt and had to be like ow like put like a band-aid on me <laughs> yeah uh this he seems invincible like a rubber man even though he's gotta be well, it's kind of like dire yeah. four though which which i like way, he's also yeah. older so you're like they're getting like, they kind of have to get more cartoonish and they they it is more cartoonish i think than any of the other movies and i yeah. think that is maybe why people have a slight problem with it there's like a prairie dogs are laughing at him that's garbage like the first shot of the movie being those fucking gophers i was, yeah. despise those gophers <laughs> if I it like, was like a snake that popped up that would have been funny yeah, yeah. they but, do it in star uh, wars all the time with little alien <laughs> things in the desert but but it only works when it's puppets like when you just yeah. have like the first shot being like a cg gopher was to me oh, like a yeah. bad sign yeah that's yeah. not a good sign. that was the first shot yeah i think that was the first shot of the movie the paramount logo turns into a gopher mound and the gopher pops out of it 
And and then my heart just sinks. Oh, that's that is dumb. Yeah, I like to think of it this way: is that that fridge probably didn't fly that high. It's just the way the camera was pointing. (laughs) You know, yeah, like like in Mad Max. You know, they're not they're not driving a hundred miles an hour. They're driving like thirty miles an hour. But it seems so They get all flat tires all the time if they (laughs) drove too fast. And like, what's the better thing to happen after the fridge flies a mile? Like, the other option would be his, like, dead body rolls out of <laughs> and then the movie's over. Like, yeah, of course he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Am I the only person who yeah. doesn't like the fridge? I thought it was a... more believable than the than the monkeys. It was a good way to set the tone of the whole thing. It's like, what, you cut that whole scene out? And, like, he just... Yes. But then, like... You he... just make it so the fridge slides, so it doesn't... I, I'm so actually... <laughs> the, the one part of this movie that I really don't like is the whole opening sequence. Like, that's what? the part where I would completely cut it out. And we'll t- I have ideas for what we could replace it with, which we'll talk about parts. later. I like. <laughs> I, oh, you don't need to replace anything. It's a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh man, when um, he tries to swing and he doesn't, he doesn't, oh, ma- so he doesn't quite make it. And then I he like that moment. Back into the truck, <laughs> and then when uh, uh, what's it? When Ray Winstone's in the other truck and they're trying to play chicken, and he's like, "You don't know him." Yeah. You don't. Oh, they crash, and so many of them get. I don't Knocked like the fact that dead, probably. I, I really feel like the whole movie should be uh, is this aliens not like these are aliens immediately because right away you see the body of the alien and yeah. it has like right. the, the crystal skull and like you know what the crystal skull is immediately mm-hmm. that being kind of the reveal at the end of the movie would have been much more powerful and kind of playing coy with aliens I think it might have been more palatable that they are aliens but all the magnetic stuff in the beginning doesn't quite work it's kind of cool but they don't quite pull it off because the cg is yeah. not very good and like and, like and they have guns go that towards it like, yeah so like the guns aren't being scene. pulled towards it there's a yeah. lot of metal in the scene that's not being pulled I, towards I just, it right. I, I, it's weird how the things don't get sucked toward it until they're like past a certain threshold or something right. like they wouldn't all but the gunpowder from all the way across right. the whole yeah. fucking warehouse hey, is flying just, towards it. I just love Indiana Jones as Martha Stewart. He's like, no, you got a grenade or something? Like, come on, let's fix this. Like, <laughs> I know, you know? Why He's did like, they bring oh, you, you got, you got <laughs> a mustard stain on your white pants? I can cover that, you know? Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> I also, so you know what's super weird is like none of the other Indiana Jones movies start the plot immediately. They all have this really awesome intro that is kind of separate from the plot. That's it might one of my set up things in movies. Me too. It's yeah. The, it's the, yeah. The climax the cold before open. the movie. Yeah, like the anything goes <laughs> yeah. in Temple of Doom, like the whole musical number. It's fucking brilliant. I love or it so much. The, the train scene with uh, River with Phoenix. With River's Phoenix. Oh my yeah, god, River so, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah so well, good. I mean, that's what this is essentially. It, <laughs> but it's not. It's, I mean, it's, it's really setting the... up the plot. I mean, you meet all of the bad guys. You meet all the good guys except for Mutt and Marion in the very first yeah, scene. Yeah, but then there is a they cut it out because it was too long. And then they go back to school and there is a long part, like a, yeah. a pause before they start kind of right again. But it's the but same it's true, sort of though. structure, but it's a, it serves a different purpose, like setting up the aliens in the first scene. Like there's so many ways they could have done that that wouldn't have been so direct that would have, I, th- I think, served the plot better. Well, they don't actually show. They show the mummified alien. Do they? I yeah, they cut up. They cut open that well, thing. Well, you just kind of like, think it's a dead body or a mummy at that point. You, they don't quite yeah. show it. I think it's still covered. No, they do take a little hand out, don't they? They don't show the skull yet because they open cr- up the skull later when they're in the camp, like halfway through the movie. But in the very beginning, you see a mummified alien. Oh yeah, yep. later on when they have that the alien body just like in a jungle, yeah. like just sitting on a table. They like, just carried it with them. Yeah, like that's probably not smelling yeah. so hot. <laughs> I feel. I feel like they. Like to me, with the first time I watched like, it, there was no a, question in my mind ice. that like aliens were real in this world from like yeah. the very first right, scene. Right, from the very first scene, that's yeah. true. Which might have been intentional, but for me, I feel like it kind of took out a lot of the, the punch. Well, yeah, I agree. 
there was no oh it is real at the end because you're like yeah that's like he's talking about there's already a dang crystal skull you know it's real yeah or, or there's already an alien body like yeah yeah from that very first scene i agree that that is that makes an, uh, that this is no mystery to it right well, and, and, man so i'm the only one who doesn't like the fridge well what about the monkeys swinging through the well, trees no, that's I the other I'm thing that f- i'm not a huge fan of it. I, okay. it, it's, it's pretty gophers. ridiculous so no does anyone like the gophers no, no. I feel like they're like five seconds. I like. I was like. I was like. That's Sorry, silly. But long. it didn't like. <laughs> didn't upset you that it much. I was like. I was like. Oh well. Whatever. Not I, utter I, garbage. I mean, I would. I. It would probably be like. I wouldn't miss them if they were gone. Yeah. But I don't actively like. They didn't anger me. Yeah. I guess. I what, really hated the plant life when um, Shia LaBeouf was like straddling the two cars. Yes, totally. And it looked. Have you ever watched the beach with Leo DiCaprio? Like, looked like he was in the jungle, like running through this video game. Uh-huh. Like, it just looked so terrible. It's like an yeah. like, impressionist painting behind him. Yeah. yeah. They shot that in a real jungle, but then added a whole bunch of foliage to make it look <laughs> more jungle-ish, which mm-hmm. seems so unnecessary. There's nothing well, that the CG, the CG is definitely not great. I mean, yeah, like the gophers, if they were puppets, it would have been even like, well, better or whatever. Well, I like the snake scene when they're in the quicksand and they actually throw like a prop snake out yeah. there. It's not like a CGI snake. That snake yeah. would have like, died though, right? Right. <laughs> He's holding it so tight. Like, they, like, and they like actively like make it like hiss when he throws it. So it's well, like it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just, just call it a rope. Call it a rope. <laughs> Um, and, and the swinging through the vines thing is the the one other thing in this movie where I'm just like I can't believe that that's in this movie. But yeah. I, I I also seem to be the one who just really it's silly. Yeah. I was shocked that they were okay with leaving their son behind. You know, like yeah. Like, oh, well, skull or kid? I don't know. I'm like yeah. let's go because <laughs> he fell out of the car. Wait, yeah, which or kid? He, no, my, yeah. he gets like my, stuck gets up like, in the vines and they just keep going. But what yeah. were they supposed to do? I mean, but I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, they just left one. We're in the, <laughs> you're in the middle of a full throttle chase scene. Yeah, it's like a battle. You I don't, I don't yeah, you, you they know he knows how to sword fight already at that point. Yeah, right? and yeah. they know so that he knows probably how to swing on vines and the monkeys are going to show <laughs> him how to do it. <laughs> Uh, I hate that scene. Yeah, between him being pulled up in those vines and him learning how to swing, that was like a year-long training. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I would be better off with like him being left behind and finding his own way to figure out where they were. Yeah, that would that seems like a better plot point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, like him having to be kind of resourceful in the way that his father would Jones, be. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. totally. I mean, like a honey, I shrunk the kids sort of thing. Yeah, that's a great idea. There is a much better. There is a pace to the adventure of this that is is way way faster than any of the other movies. They you are don't just, want to make it faster. Yeah, just cut hopping. some of those scenes out. <laughs> they're 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 hopping through. There's uh, first there's monkeys, and there's uh, then there's ants, then there's uh, then they're in a temple, then they're out of a temple, then they're like. Driving their truck off of a cliff yeah. on gently onto a tree that lowers them, and now <laughs> oh, they're in a part, river. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty bad. Because she, she didn't just, even look. She did look. They drive by the cliff, and Marion looks, over, looks the side over the side and kind of what, smiles. Calculation. She does. Yeah. She does. She, I still hate that scene, but she, she does plan that. They the do tree. show yeah. her. Uh, they show her drive. They drive along the edge, and yeah. she looks over and goes, "Yeah, yeah." That, that there's a lot. There's a lot in that forest chase that I am just like upset made it to screen because it's just so silly. But I mean, is she like a really good driver? Did they, apparently, did they? But there's, the but the movie? thing is, is that there's so much else in this movie that I love so much. Like the, the, even though it's very obvious that it's a stunt double on the back of that motorcycle, the motorcycle chase, I really like. Oh yeah. That's great. Through the school yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That was really like, cool. This Harrison Ford stunt double has like really ripped shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can like look at his back. He's like, that is not Harrison Ford. <laughs> but that chase scene is like classic action 
from the Indiana Jones franchise that I yeah. really loved. I loved that it was like across the campus. Yeah. I love that you see like Marcus Brody's statue. I mean, so much that I just really, really liked about that scene. I like I, the ending when he's like, get in the field, kid. Like, that's how you really learn how to, this stuff. Like, yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. In the library. He's like, yeah. you gotta get out of the library. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I love when they go into the, the, the dungeon temple thing. Like you were talking about like the swinging like platform that oh, they were that on cool. total temple of doom yeah. callback where like uh indy knows like where to find the levers because he's been in that kind of thing before yeah. I, I love yeah. that stuff <laughs> um typical lever door yeah yeah and i have to say like i love mutt i mean i don't like the whole opening sequence because i also don't like indian indiana's like dialogue with the, with he's just the, talking so stiff and the weird motorcycle on the platform thing you don't like that no i like that stuff a lot as soon as mutt comes in the movie i feel like that's where it kind of picks up the pace okay. i mean i think that shia labeouf and harrison ford had really good chemistry and i think it kind of harkened back to uh the chemistry of like indiana jones and his father which i thought was a really cool choice and it was very obvious that it was his son the whole time and when it's revealed it's kind of done in a funny way mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm into all that i think all that was great yeah but like thinking about the time of that too it's like uh, you know, she had a kid by another guy and then didn't get married to him. Like, yeah. That's kind of a mind blowing kind of thing with Marion's like, oh, you had this illegitimate child that you just raised and like didn't tell the father that that he existed. Like you would yeah. never you would like you would tell him right away that you have a shotgun wedding and that'd be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But I mean, Marion is Not a her. really cool character who yeah. just like does what she wants. That's I true. do wish there was more Marion in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she comes in too late, for sure. Yeah. I think she could come in earlier, and I think, honestly, I feel like if I go, I don't know if we moved on from garbage, but something I would totally not care if it was in the movie or not is it Mac, his friend who's like betraying him the whole time. Who cares about this guy? Who cares? We don't need him. Yeah, he's an unnecessary (laughs) character except for the beginning. He could have double-crossed him and then like died (laughs) in the fight or whatever, been arrested and you never had to see him again. Absolutely. He's a completely unnecessary character and I think he detracts from like what could be Indy and Marion and... Like you don't need five characters running around. No. Like you could have the yes, yes, yeah, totally. You could have yeah. he you always, have Oxley and yeah. he does, but he always sort of has a colleague character, whether it's like John Reese Davies or. But he's or, got Mutt, you know. He yeah. kill that guy, replace him with Mutt, and he goes on with Mutt for the rest of the movie. And then you get Oxley later. You get Marion later. Yeah. Uh, but he double crossed him and then double double triple crossed him. him. Yeah. Dang it. Uh. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in complete like, agreement. You, you don't ever need Mac. Let this yeah, guy I think he's probably old. the worst part of the movie yeah. for me. Yeah, is just because huh. he's he takes up so much screen time that could be better used and, building and those relationships. I do love when he's like, "Once you let me out of here, I'm gonna break your nose." And <laughs> yeah. then he like does right away, and then you have no evidence of his nose being broken for the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do like that moment. The only reason I like that moment is because you just had uh, indie like his mind was like fucked by the crystal skull. Yeah. And then he punches him in the nose. So, you know, that Indy's still in there because you saw what happened That's to true, Oxley. Yeah. So you wonder like, is it, did Indy go crazy? But then you're completely right. Like they should have like, he w- should have had a bandage on his nose the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I wish he would have done it to Kate Blanchett. I feel like a lot. Of, well, no, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of the antagonism that could have been um, between generated between them. Indy and Kate Blanchett was taken up by Mac. Yeah. So she they, wasn't a real like solid villain. Right. Oh, totally. You yeah. can't have Indy punch Kate Blanchett. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Kate, Kate Blanchett. I feel like they just put her in the movie because they like her, Kate Blanchett. And they wanted to see her play this character. But the character wasn't necessarily there for, like, any reason. I didn't ever feel any sense of uh, danger from her. And I think it's also because of the opening sequence where Indy helps her. You know, like, 
Indy helps her several times throughout the course of the movie, like uh, unwillingly sometimes, but you never quite know. And it makes you not trust Indy as much as you should. Like in the first movies, you never question his actions. Right. But in, in this movie, I question his actions like several times. And he always kind of comes back around and like shows why he was doing it. But to start the movie that way when he's been gone for so long, I felt like it was a mistake. Well, you were worried he was a bad guy? No, I was just like, why are you helping these people? Like, MacGyver your he way out of this backbone. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he helped them find the alien, you know? Well, and then um, Mutt had to, like, MacGyver his way out of it by just causing a distraction and running away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they get in the quicksand. Yeah. I do enjoy the quicksand scene. That's a good scene. And I do like that Mutt, there's so many things I like about Mutt. And I feel funny. Because I know he gets like so much hatred on the internet, but I kind of like that scene too, where he's just like he gets really mad and then just like flips over the table and they run away. He's like, <laughs> "Let's go!" Um, he's very sassy. Can't believe that I had forgotten about the nuke the fridge thing, because I was really enjoying the movie up until then, and I was starting to think in my mind, "What's going to be the point in the movie where it ruins it for me?" And I was like, "I was probably when you know Dum Dum shows up on his motorcycle and his and his knife and his comb or whatever." And then it was like, oh, right, I forgot. There's a He hides in a fridge to survive a nuclear explosion. <laughs> and essentially, he might as well have just crawled out of the fridge, taken his fedora, dusted it off, and walked into the sunset. Like, that's... But is that, though, just balls out? Like, we're telling you within the first 20 fucking minutes of this movie, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, he can survive a nuclear explosion. Everything else... <laughs> if you start to question everything else, you miss the point of that scene. I, I don't think it was put there for that reason. I think it was put there for like, Haha, we're in the 50s. Wouldn't that be funny if this also happened to happen? You know, it's like that Forrest Gump thing. Like when he rode with Pancho Villa, it's just like, yes, Indiana Jones has moved through a lot of history and has been at a lot of important things. The swinging on the vines, that was like, <sighs> I feel like for me to continue with my thoughts of the movie, I have to then say like, yes, that is also just ratcheting up the ridiculous level where suddenly... The son becomes basically, that's his first foray into being literally an adventure hero. He's a Tarzan. He's somebody who's swinging through vines on the jungle, miraculously going faster than two motorized vehicles. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. But if you take that as them almost winking at the audience, then yeah, you can be in on the joke with the, with the creators of the movie. I remember when this movie came out, I was still on MySpace and I got into this huge like flame war with someone through like MySpace bulletins about this movie. And I remember that one of the, one of the things that he brought up was that like Indiana Jones survives a nuclear blast by hiding in a fridge. But if you watch the first movie, there's a scene where he's there's one scene where he's swimming from one ship to a German U-boat, then the next scene is him like sneaking off the U-boat. Like there's no scene of him getting in or how he hid there or any or any kind of explanation about like how someone could survive like 400 miles underwater on like this cramped tiny German ship. And I think that if you establish that as like the believability of the universe as like it is this cartoonish all the time, of course you could survive a nuclear blast in a lead-lined fridge. There's something about like the invincibility of Harrison Ford as a young man versus like an obviously old Harrison Ford, uh, and I think that might have. But even then, it's not like anyone, regardless of how fit they were, could survive a nuclear blast in a in a in a lead-lined fridge, right? Like, like it's just. <laughs> You're saying it's not possible. <laughs> I'm saying okay, like I'm not the MythBusters or anything, but <laughs> if I had to guess whether or not that was survivable, no. <laughs> As much as I like the monkey scene, I think that we probably would have gotten a sequel if we had cut the monkey scene. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I also say we like I had anything to do with this movie. <laughs> All right, so question two. Does this movie expand the universe? And this is referencing both the Indiana Jones franchise and just in like the general sci-fi way does this make you think that the the world is bigger and i indiana jones is the perfect example of like a universe expanding franchise where like you take that leap of faith and you survive and then your brain goes like like this huge moment I, that's like one of my favorite moments in cinema is in last crusade the leap of faith the leap of faith yeah i love it i love it so much because then when you when you find the the guy who's should have died 2000 years ago like 2 minutes later you don't question it cuz you just took a leap of faith with the filmmaker and you just you no longer question things in the movie and i think that that is like one of the most brilliant moments in filmmaking that's ever been made i just i love it so much and that's like the height of my spielberg fandom when i was a little kid i just love spielberg so much um so what do you guys think does this movie give you that expansive feeling or does it does it like detract for you yeah, I mean, it's like there are other dimensions and things live there. And maybe they took Kate Blanchett with them as pure energy or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy what happened at the end. I don't know. Where did it all go? I mean, yeah, they're basically at the end of the Indiana Jones of Crystal Skull. They're like, oh, yeah. So in the Indiana Jones universe, there are alternate dimensions. And beings from them yeah. who look yeah. like aliens and also things, spaceshipy things that can fly and portals. And they will all make you disintegrate. Uh, well, it's dangerous. Yeah. Don't mess with very like, close encounters of third kind moment. Be very like, careful. Mm-hmm. Felt mm-hmm. a lot like close encounters. Right. Totally. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it yeah, comes out of that dang mountain. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that stack of potatoes? I am always constantly disappointed that when they find in movies the city of gold, it's always very small. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like National Treasure, it's like somewhere underneath Mountain Rushmore or what something. What about Smog? Like the destination or destination of Smog, where he's got just he's got a lot of gold. See, that's true. That's not a city. That's not the city of gold, but that's closer to that's the amount of gold that I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> would be in the city of gold. Is yeah. this all the gold you've got? Because right. it's not building of gold or like four <laughs> buildings of gold that are you can see that have a square in the middle. like Arena of gold. In, in the mysterious cities of gold, that city of gold is huge. It's huge. It's gigantic. I yeah, I can't remember. It's from my... It's like the size of a mountain. That's, that's what I'm talking cities about. Cities were <laughs> smaller than though when that city was made. But it's still underground. It's not a city they found, like, you know, that's made of gold. Did they ever find the whole city of gold? No, it's not. It's But it wasn't gold. It was knowledge. The, no, no, the city, it's, city yeah, of gold it's the, is always yeah, a, it's yeah. always a euphemism. It's knowledge. It's, oh, the treasure tricky. was knowledge. But it'd be pretty sweet if it was a ton of gold. Like, tons, <laughs> right? lots of gold, just, like, a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, make it all melt at the end when the ship takes <laughs> off or something. But give me that city of gold, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it goes down the hill like a volcano. Whoa. I'm writing the whole better movie. <laughs> a volcano flow of gold. Yeah. Ugh. You know they. You know they'd fuck it up with CG though. That's I would Wait, take it. Do it for real. The villain gets coated in it, and then there's like a statue of them. As, like, yeah, uh, I like that. Frozen in gold. They were actually gold the whole time. This was. It all got muddled in. The fact that Kate <laughs> Blanchett was really after the what was in the the she was after the. Psychic the powers. Of, yeah, psychic psychic powers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she kind of had control little basic early uh, force powers. That was cool. Yeah, I Ooh. felt the first time I saw this movie, like the scene at the end where the whole city kind of goes up in the air and like vanishes into rocks. I was like spellbound. I mean, 
as much as I think that CG is overused, that was like the moment where I think like, that is it. That's what CG's for. Yeah. And the the score was incredible. And then everyone else was huddled huddled down, but Indy's standing up, and you see him from behind, and it's just like this iconic, uh, you know figure standing watching this miraculous thing happen that moment is so magical to me every time i watch this movie it's magical i i saw it the first time and i was like well this movie is okay i'm probably never going to watch it again but then i was at um was it fry's electronics and that's it was on I'm like, <laughs> on like 100 screens and i walked up right at the end when that moment was happening and i was just like Whoa. that's really cool like that that moment and has you bought the tv <laughs> i bought like 60 tvs because yeah. i wanted all of them well uh, but that moment has like the spielberg magic that I just grew up loving so much like that moment at the end of Close Encounters where you feel like the universe is bigger like that's what I love about science fiction and this movie has that moment so even though there's like 30% of it that I think is trash that I really wish didn't exist that one golden magic moment is so worth it to me and like really heightens the rest of the movie to me because I feel like they had this vision of this moment uh, and, and it's got to be George Lucas that had it because he's the ones who, who wanted aliens. Mm-hmm. So he has this vision of this beautiful cinematic moment that he wants to create. And the rest of the story is kind of written to get there. And sure, they did not quite get there the way I would have wanted, but they still got there. And it's fucking cool. Yeah, because, I mean, even if they make some choices that maybe I wouldn't make or what the fuck do I now? really? But, <laughs> uh, it's still made by Steven Spielberg, so it's still going to be like. Pretty. It's still pretty. It's still really good. Like the he good starts parts, at pretty good. The good parts are amazing, right? And the, and the the parts that are like I, uh, you know, are only don't they don't take away from it that much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do. For me, they do take away from it more than I'd like, and that's something like I'm trying to get over. Yeah. It's like if I don't like the nuke the fridge scene, does that mean that I have to dislike the rest of the movie? And obviously, no, the answer is no. But it does like take it down a little bit for me because I, I love watching a movie where I'm just behind the intention where I can get behind the intention completely and just like love it on every level like yeah. being John Malkovich is such a fucking amazing movie where every moment of that movie I'm just with the intention of the writing and the acting and directing all of it makes perfect sense to me and it's just beautiful and it's a wonderful story uh, and Indiana Jones the original trilogy is very much that way to me and I wanted that from this movie and I kind of got it. You know, I got it in yeah. moments, but other moments I just got the exact opposite. Like when in the beginning when they're on that um, like rocket that shoots them out and they are both like super dizzy after. I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Need, I don't need this. <laughs> I kind of I kind of liked all that stuff. It, it, yeah. It, like, yeah, like like you were saying, it's, it fit the 50s uh, theme of the movie. Uh, and the testing grounds going to have a rocket sled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and th- it's good enough for Wiley e. Coyote. It's good enough for Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was a very Wiley e. Coyote thing. And um, almost he, he, you know, not being, but like sort of getting into the realm of like getting a little too old. Like he's sort of like a World War Two era hero who's like, well, now there's aliens and nuclear bombs, <laughs> and I. I'm going to retire and yeah. <laughs> at the end. I'm going to settle down even because now I have a well, son. Well, no, then he became an assistant dean at the end. They were so, painting his name on there. Oh, yeah. I so he's, yeah. yeah. Make it bigger. Yeah. Beautiful. Perfect. Make it bigger. <laughs> do you think he's retired? Indiana Jones? No. Do you think that's it at the end of that movie? Do you think? No. 
That's yeah. like his like last adventure. Yeah. The way he takes that hat out of Shia LaBeouf's hand. He's is, right. It's not, is, he's like, is, I'm not done he's yet. He's like, yeah, he's saying like, not today, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I did love that, actually. I like that, too. Yeah. I was afraid Shia LaBeouf was going to wear it. Oh. Off. I know. I would have been mad. It's you can't put I that hat on. Shia LaBeouf. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen. It's. I feel that it's kind of a lazy uh, 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 mind expansion. They just kind of like, ah, all right, there's these interdimensional, interdimensional crystal aliens, and here they are. We don't really talk about it. You really have to start to dwell on it yourself to make it more interesting. That part specifically does bother me because I really don't like the idea of like, oh, human beings didn't figure out how to farm. We had aliens come down and taught people how to farm. You know, it's it's like... It pushes the problem off one level, so now it's more interesting to think, well, how do the aliens learn how to farm? Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I... I have no idea what their motivation would be. That's that's where that's one of the threads where I feel the more you pick at it, the more it starts to get strange. Like they they refer to the crystal as being their skeletons, but then clearly they don't need their physical bodies because they could still act after the fact. It's just it becomes mystifying, I think. Thank you for listening to part one of the trial of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The Penitent Man subscribes to this podcast on the platform of their choice and leaves us positive reviews. To learn more about this podcast or to support your new favorite show, head on over to SciFiOnTrial.com. This show is part of the Sci-Fi Project, my multimedia science fiction experience, which includes another show, Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, and my science fiction-themed synth-pop album. Head on over to jessemercury.com to check it out. If you'd like to be included in this podcast, send us an email at scifiontrial at gmail.com. You can write us your thoughts, or you can even send in an audio recording of what you think of the film. And you might just find yourself included in the next episode. Join the conversation on Twitter by following us at Sci-Fi on Trial. Next time will be the epic conclusion of the trial of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where we will render a verdict as to whether the film has been remembered fairly. We'll see you next time. <laughs>